Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I'm the host of this almost daily podcast, which is all about music and creative culture in London. I have been away for a little bit, but uh, uh, quite a lot has happened in the interim. So, first of all, shout-outs. You might have heard of them on this podcast before. They are a band that I'm a big fan of. And they were the first band I ever interviewed for this podcast as well. They have a new single out called What Would I Do? And you can find it on YouTube. There's a link via their Twitter page. <coughs> on Twitter, they are Fur Baby Fur. That's F-U-R-B-A-B-Y-F-U-R. And I will put a link to that Twitter page in the show notes. Also, in a completely random turn of events, I am playing at London Pride Festival. I am playing the cajon, the wooden box drum that I play at the open mics I do. So I did an open mic on Thursday night at the Brass Monkey by Victoria Station. An artist by the name of Kiana Key came because she's performing at London Pride and wanted to rehearse her set, essentially. And I joined her on the cajon, and she enjoyed what I was doing. So she asked if I would join her when she performs at London Pride Festival, which is happening later today. She is performing at 4.45 on the women's stage at Leicester Square. And yeah, I will be joining her by playing the drums. I hope it goes well. She's a really good performer, so I'm sure she'll be great. And I, I hope I just don't bring her down, basically. I hope I manage to try and match her energy and make it a memorable day. And also... There is a slight chance, dear listener, that The Strokes are playing in London tonight. I am recording this at 7.19am on Saturday the 7th of July in this, the year 2018. I got home from last night's open mic where I recorded the the interview for this episode. And upon getting home, there is a person I follow on Twitter who is at She's Fixing, at S-H-E-S. F-I-X-I-N-G. That's a person named Lou. <coughs> Pardon me. And they have a, a website called She's Fixing Her Hair. Which is, as far as I'm concerned, the number one place to go for fan news about the strokes. And she's the only person on Twitter that I follow and have notifications set up for. And they tweeted last. They retweeted last night a tweet from Dingwalls, which is a venue in Camden. There's a band named Venison, play, who I think they're playing tonight, but they're selling tickets today between 12 and 2 in the afternoon. And in their Twitter post, they put hashtag New York City Cops, hashtag last night, hashtag secret. And the last time the Strokes played a, an impromptu show in London... They went under the name Venison. So it's a very much, you know, tap the nose for those in the know reference that Venison are playing at Dingwalls and tickets are on sale from 12 o'clock. So, dear listener, I am a little conflicted. I'm all kinds of, I'm the type of excited where you don't know what you should do first. I have to go for sound check with Kiana Key in Leicester Square around 11 a.m. And I also, I don't know if I'll have a chance in hell of getting a ticket because I don't know how long sound check takes. And I imagine people are already queuing up for this stroke show because they get a lot of love in this town. I think what I'd like to do most is to go to Camden and talk to the people, if there are any people, who are already queuing up. I'm a big fan of the band, but I imagine the people who are already queuing up are even bigger fans. 
and I would very much like to meet essentially my people. So, on three hours of sleep, because my body clock is all types of messed up right now, I am seriously considering recording this podcast, washing myself to some degree, because we are currently in a heat wave here in London. I think we are above 30 degrees, and I think today is going to be even hotter. So, I'm going to record this podcast, clean myself to some degree, and then jump on a train to Camden. I've got to take this big old box cajon with me. Because I've got to take that to Leicester Square. But I'd love to. I've never been to a show where people queue up super early. And to me that's the purest. That's one of the purest examples of sheer and utter fanaticism for an artist. So I'm rambling. I really, I'm, so basically what I'm planning to do is to go to Camden to try and talk to some people who are queuing up for this potential The Strokes show. And then I will go to the soundtrack in Leicester Square for the Pride Festival that I'm performing at and hopefully get some conversations there as well. If any, with any luck, at least talk to Kiana Key if she has some time and maybe some of the other performers. And, of course, England are playing in the World Cup and it is coming home. The rumours are true. Knock on wood. And, yeah, that's where my head's at right now. So I won't play any music at the end of this episode. I haven't even set the scene for this episode. I've just gone off on one because I'm so excited. So... Last night we had an open mic at the London Wealth Centre. Upon my arrival there was one artist I hadn't met before who had come to perform. She was actually in town to see The Cure. And I am a little bit jealous of her for that. But if I get to see The Strokes, I'll be okay with it. And I just started briefly talking to her. But I could already see the passion dripping from every pore in the way she spoke. So I thought I had to record this. So the person I speak to in today's episode is Kirsty Clark. She performs with a group, Kirsty Clark and the Beating Heart, and I'll put a link to that Facebook page in the episode notes, and from there you can find her personal stuff as well. But in falling and being guilty of putting my passion, my passion projects, my artistic pursuits, whatever you want to call it, on the back burner, as well as having this podcast to try and keep account of what I should be doing with my music, it is inspiring to talk to other people who are pursuing their artistic ideals with vim and vigor. And it makes me realize how much more I could be doing for what I want to achieve. So today's conversation is with Kirsty Clark. And then at the end, so I was doing the, I was the sound guy and the host, etc., etc. At this particular venue, there's a big red velvet curtain that closes behind the performers. And behind that curtain is the sound desk. So for some of the artists, I would have to go behind the curtain to make sure the sound was right while they were performing. And there wasn't really much of an opportunity for me to come back out from behind the curtain. So I would just stay back there. And this particular performer just sounded so good. And I was the sun was... The sky was that slightly darker shade of blue. It wasn't quite evening. It was just dusk, if you will. I don't know. But the outside just looked really picturesque. And the music fit the mood so well, so I recorded a bit of their performance. This performer's name is Jason. Unfortunately, he didn't leave a link to any of his work online, so hopefully I will cross paths with him in a future open mic so I can get that. But in today's episode, please enjoy my conversation with Kirsty Clark and then a bit of original music from the mysterious Jason. I will see you tomorrow with whatever I manage to record 
today if I don't fall back asleep in about half an hour's time. You can find me online at Saddest Night Out on Twitter and Instagram. And if you just search for Saddest Night Out, all one word, you should find this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud. Not yet Spotify, to be continued. And I am about 10% on the way of to making a Facebook page, so watch this space. Apologies again for the slight delay, but I am back. We'll see how long for. And enjoy this episode. I'll see you soon. Take care. Yep, we're recording. I've just made it to the London Wealth Centre. It is absolutely boiling outside, and I'm more sweat than man right now. So there's a bit of noise from the fan in the background, but hopefully you can still hear us. I am here with one of the very eager performers for tonight's open mic. What is your name? My name is Kirsty Clark, and I'm from Warwickshire. And this is your first time playing in London, is that right? It, it is my very first time playing in London, so I've trekked over. I normally have a band with me, mm-hmm. um, but obviously they can't be here. Um, and I brought my little ukulele, but I found that you've got a, a guitar so that I can borrow, so hopefully we'll... Of course, you're welcome to. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of music do you normally play with the band? Um, well, we do a variation. We kind of like, obviously, I have um, a covers band, but I do write, I, I started writing music, so that was over nine years ago, and I've built up a nice little set of um, songs. I've got, I think we've got about three albums. So wow. what I do is I self-fund myself, so any anything money that's made goes straight back into music. So I actually don't make money, so I do videos and put the music together, um, I have them properly produced, so um, I normally have them done by Jason Edwards that was in Wolfsbane, so they were a band from Tamworth, a heavy metal band. Um, but I have worked with other producers, I've worked with Roger Lomas, who's a great guy from Coventry, the a Grammy uh, award winning. Um, so I'm having so much fun, and of course you meet loads of people, so music is a hobby, mm-hmm. and it's a great way of... of meeting people, introducing and doing all kinds of styles of music. Sounds like it's a very wholehearted passion project for you. Yeah. So when did you first start taking music more seriously than just say playing to yourself in your room? I mean I've got to say that initially um, I was kind of like, um, I was singing at school when I was 10 and the singing teacher came along and she said to my mom, I want to um, help your daughter sing. And because I'm quite got, I've got quite a, I would say kind of like a bit of a Patti Smith, Hazel O'Connor kind of thing, she wanted to increase my range. Um, so she taught me initially to sing opera. Um, and of course, I got the stage fright when I was younger and you kind of deter away from it. And then my daughter, when she was younger, she was... Um, learning to play the keyboard and she was playing a few chords and I started writing songs over for things and I couldn't stop and it became an addiction where it, it was like a plug that had happened and I couldn't stop um, and at the time Jason Edwards used to live next door to me and we got together and I did a set of recording over a week and it blew me away and it was just so exciting it was like putting a jigsaw together and putting little pieces together and then seeing how it would come out it's like painting a picture Um, and normally I have my band with me and my band are are great fun characters and how did you come to meet them is that just over the years of playing and 
well, you know, cross each other? I kind of sort of like would work with people and, and sort of things would not ever happen. So my husband and my kids, they, they used to make fun of me saying, how long is this guitarist going to last? Um, and it wasn't like, a lot of it is like sometimes your themes don't match up and time or somebody doesn't want to do original stuff. Um, so it's about, again, another jigsaw puzzle where you match up together. And these guys, they started being where I was and they kind of like had the same theme. Um, and I thought, oh, let's bring them together. And I thought, this isn't going to work. And it, and it has. Um, and they actually do come in and perform with the original scene. So actually, when I'm with a guitar, even though I learned to play the guitar, um, I'm kind of like, I'm better. I feel that I'm better without, because I'm more animated when I perform. Um, and I kind of like get into the crowd when I do all the, like, the heavy stuff, because I do a bit of Because of the Night and... Um, and then obviously there's some of my songs that are quite punky and they actually put in all of the dynamics within that they give it more because um, they actually are guitarists so you write yourself yes and then you sort of somewhat orchestrate bring. disseminate to the rest of the band these are the parts yeah and it sounds like they make it yeah. their own yeah they, they bring their bits in and you know they, they add the layers and then we come together um, and we record it all and, and then I put little videos together so there's ones that I've made myself because what we forget is human beings are visual people and it was quite ironic that I'd written a song called This Is My England and when I had a video done for it the amount of people said oh wow this is a great new song and, and it occurred to me I've, I've wrote this song over two years ago and yet people have only found the time to watch something because it was colourful yeah. and that was quite a point at time but it is difficult because it's, it's hard seeing yourself on the screen because even though I, you, you can appear quite confident it's, you can see why people struggle doing it because it's a very visual and you have to go with it Well you so mentioned you at the start of your career yeah. if you will when you were learning singing as a kid you suffered from stage fright then was there a turning point for you? It sounds like there was a turning point for you as far as making music where, and I love how you put it, where it's like a puzzle and there's such a satisfaction that comes mm. from figuring out how to put it together. Because I make music as well and that's exactly how I feel. Mm. I kind of liken it to Sudoku, where once you figure out the rules and know how it fits yeah. together and then you finish like, yes, that's a song, that makes so much sense. Yeah. But what about performing and being in front of a crowd? Are there turning points for that as well? I think a lot of it is about we all naturally have a natural fear and, and the human brain is negative to stop us hurting ourselves. So actually what you have to do is keep going facing your fears. Um, and how I got that was finding how I felt on stage and keep going and persevering um, and finding like your stage character. So I was in a band many years ago and my drummer said to me, oh, we need to do Sweet Transvestite. And I really got into it and had so much fun. I was thinking, do you know what? If you're having fun and you're giving off fun, the audience pick up on that. Um, and it, it, it is true. You give out. You, you can screw up on stage and you can mess up on your guitar. But if you're having fun, people are having fun. Yeah. If you're exciting, people are exciting. If you're in a bad mood. And it's about being able to keep that continuity. Yeah. And, you know enjoying the venue and I know that if I go into a venue you know there's the odd time where one venue there might be a bad atmosphere and you don't enjoy that performance whereas sometimes 
you go into a venue and the crowd will be great fun and you'll have so much banter and, and you know and the feedback is, is good but a lot of it it doesn't come from yourself it also comes from the people that you're around I would rather perform to one person that's having fun than to 700 people that are in a you know in a bad place do you know what I mean that that don't want to interact um, yeah. so you learn to sing you learn to play you learn mm. to perform you've learned to record what's next for you what's the next fearful frontier that you want to conquer I think a lot of it is to keep it fresh and not, you know, so many people, they say to you, oh, you do music, you know, this is about, you know, making money. And actually, people don't realise that, you know, once you've got an addiction, there is no money because it always goes back into that. So I think it's about maintaining the, the newness of songs and, and being in new places, new venues, meeting new people um, and always keeping it fresh and always having fun and always enjoying those moments because you can write some songs and there can be about sad times and then you can write some songs and they're about good times and it's about about always making sure that I'm enjoying myself because that's what we go for we want that endorphin and seeking out the endorphin rush because it isn't a drug it's an addiction very true so where can people join you on this endorphin rush where can they find you online <laughs> um, well, we've, we keep our cover stuff on the Kirsty Clark and the Beaten Hearts page, and then I've got my original stuff on the Kirsty Clark music page on this of Facebook. I have got some stuff out um, on the YouTube. I've been played on the BBC introducing. Yeah. Yay. No, he no, he just mentioned my name. He mentioned my name, like yeah. I don't think you realise he'd mentioned me twice, though, to be fair, which is quite funny. And people text me, Chris Evans says that you're going to an open mic tonight. And it's like, yeah, it was really funny. I think he likes the way I write because I talk about having a triangle and sometimes I'll go join people and have fun because people get up on stage and they're so serious. I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's not the X Factor. <laughs> you know, you're here to have fun and, and everybody enjoy you. And you're not here to be perfect we don't have to be because we're human we're not supposed to be perfect we're supposed to be having fun and, and that's what it's all about fantastic thank you so much for your time Kirsten. i look forward to seeing you perform thanks for thank you very tonight. much thank, thank you, you.